spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. NYBG's brand-new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you. Guided by plant professionals, dig into botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Online learning your way. Register at nybg.org. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. I must, must, must begin with the continued fallout over the leak of the Alito draft opinion pertaining to the overturning of Roe versus Wade. First of all, yesterday, 13,089 votes cast. Will reaction to Roe versus Wade provide Democrats with enough political momentum to fend off Republican gains in the midterms? Wow. 52.48, well, 52.4 to 47.6, literally, saying, yes, this will be a tide turner for the D's. Me, I'm not so sure. In this news cycle, too much happens too quickly. Survey question today, did the leak of the Alito opinion come from someone on the left or the right? Late in the day yesterday, I I sent out a three-part Twitter thread. Very brief, concise statements. Here's my thinking on the leak issue. And again, this is today's survey question. First observation from yours truly. I think it most likely, I think it most likely that a progressive connected to the court leaked the Roe versus Wade op-ed to bring public pressure to bear. Meaning, I think someone on the left dropped the dime so that there would be a public campaign so that there would be an effort, which is already being marshaled, for Democrats to get rid of the filibuster and to codify Roe versus Wade. That is my principal suspicion if I'm playing Monk. Part two, part two of my Twitter thread from last night, but worth considering is that Alito's op-ed was a first draft And presumably, there have been several subsequent. What am I saying there? I'm saying there, hey, this is from February. It's not going to be released until next month unless they decide to expedite it. But this was a first crack. And after it gets circulated, if you were to pull it up and actually look at it, and I'm going to talk in detail about the substance of it in just a moment, you know, you would see it is in a memo form. It's from Justice Alito. To the Chief Justice, to Justice Thomas Breyer, Sotomayor, Kagan, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett. And it says, circulated February 10, 2022. We don't know what came thereafter. Leading me to item three of my Twitter thread, which says, perhaps a SCOTUS justice did change their concurring view and leak is meant to embarrass them when the final op-ed comes out. And by that, I guess it's self-explanatory, I'm saying we don't know where the chief justice is. We think we know, based on Politico's reporting, where everybody else is. And the conservatives are lined up together. Alito, 
Kavanaugh, Barrett, Gorsuch, Thomas. There are your five. Okay? I'm saying I think it's from the left that it was leaked. But it's at least worthy of some thought that maybe, and I heard people talking about, oh, maybe it came from a conservative, but nobody nobody put a fine point on why would it come from a conservative. I'm going above and beyond that I'm giving you a theory that maybe somebody on that list of the conservatives flip-flopped, went a different way after this was circulated, and now somebody is dropping the dime so as to put them in a very awkward position where the world is going to know they change sides. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. NYBG's brand new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you. Guided by plant professionals, dig into botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Online learning your way. Register at NYBG.org. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Again, I'm sticking with my initial theory. Today's survey question asks, did the leak come from the left or the right? I know that conservatives are all over the leak. I know that on the left, they are all over the, oh my God, what's this going to do to abortion on demand as we know it? I am all about both. I want to talk about the politics, ergo the survey question, But right now, I really want to talk about the substance. And here's what I mean by this. I am hearing this opinion castigated from the left as being totally unfounded and entirely political. And I don't believe that's the case. I have long said, long before the last 24 hours, I have long said that with regard to Roe versus Wade, I like the outcome. I don't like how they got there. As a matter of fact, this case was argued on December 1st, and on December 2nd, I had Erwin Shemarinsky on this program. He, the dean 
of the Berkeley School of Law, one of the brightest legal minds to which I've ever been exposed. And I told him that. And I, I said, Dean Shemarinsky, I'm, I'm troubled by the, the logic, the legal uh, premise on which Roe versus Wade is based. And he tried to dissuade me of this. In fact, I threatened to play this audio yesterday. I might just play it now. And he said to me, you know, essentially, Michael, no. The, uh, I said to him, where in the 14th Amendment do I see abortion rights? And he said to me, well, you know, in the 14th Amendment, it's the underpinning of so many other aspects of, of our, our legal system. And now you hear people saying, oh, maybe, you know, same-sex marriage is in jeopardy. What I mean is I intuitively, practically, commonsensically, I think it's appropriate that when the fetus is viable outside the womb, the rights of the fetus take precedent. But what I'm saying is that I don't know how you legally can justify that the way that Justice Blackman did in Roe versus Wade. And ladies and gentlemen, that is pretty much where Alito is coming out. Here's the deal. In front of me now, I have the opinion. It's really hard because the only version of it out there is from Politico. Politico put a PDF online. If you do a lot of cutting and pasting in your daily routine the way that I do in mine, nobody does, TC. Nobody does the way we do. Okay. But help me on this, TC. What I could not do, it's 98 pages long. What I could not do was just cut and paste sentences or paragraphs that are of interest to me because when I, I then moved them, they got all for schnargle. Well, you should be able to. On a normal PDF, you absolutely can cut and paste, and we've done that numerous times. But this is like a picture. Something, exactly. It's It's like a scan. It's like a scan of all 98 pages. It it will give, whoever knows a thing or two about PDFs or scans, et cetera, will give, this will probably give a clue as to what format they received it in from Politico, which I thought was interesting given your conversation with Josh Gerstein yesterday. And please go listen to the daily podcast of my interview with Josh Gerstein who broke the story. So this is going to take me 10 or so minutes, and this is either going to be really worthwhile or it's going to bomb. But I'm I'm intent on doing it. I am about to quote for you in, you know, just a a haphazard way. I'm going to go through the Alito opinion because my presumption is that even though you POTUS listeners are the most sophisticated radio audience in the nation, and I mean it, I'm not blowing smoke at you. Go listen to somebody else's program. They don't get the callers we do. But my presumption is you haven't read it because you're busy. I get it. Not a criticism. You're busy. It's my job to read it and to tell you what's in it. But I want to quote from it. So let me do that now. This is Justice Alito, the February 10, 2022 version of Thomas E. Dobbs, State Health Officer of the Mississippi Department of Health versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Elite Justice Alito delivered the opinion of the court. I mean, it's written as if it's a final draft, but of course it is not. This now then was circulated to Roberts and Thomas and Breyer and Sotomayor, Kagan, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh and Barrett. And then they were able to offer their notes, their thoughts. And, you know, it's it's it, the sausage gets made. This is not the final view. Justice Alito says for the first 185 years after the adoption of the Constitution, each state was permitted to address this issue in accordance with the views of its citizens. Then, in 1973, this court decided Roe versus Wade, even though the Constitution makes no mention of abortion, the court held that it confers a broad right to obtain one. Okay? That is, paragraph two, Alito is saying, 
There's nothing here in the Constitution that specifically addresses abortion. Quote, it did not claim that American law or the common law had ever recognized such a right, and its survey of history ranged from the constitutionally irrelevant to the plainly incorrect. Again, just moving along. Under this scheme, each trimester of pregnancy was regulated differently, but the most critical line was drawn at roughly the end of the second trimester, which at the time corresponded to the point at which the fetus was thought to be able to achieve viability. Although the court acknowledged that the states had a legitimate interest in protecting potential life, it found that this interest could not justify any restriction on pre-viability abortions. The court did not explain the basis for this line, and even abortion supporters have found it hard to defend Roe's reasoning. Well, that's me telling you, right, consistently, I like where they ended. I'm not quite sure, legally speaking, how they got there. At the time of Roe, 30 states still prohibited abortion at all stages. In the years prior to that decision, about a third of the states had liberalized their laws, but Roe abruptly ended that political process. Moving on. Justice Alito then goes on to talk about the 1992 Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania versus Casey case where he says the court revisited Roe, but the members of the court split in three different ways. I'm not going to read that part to you. I will simply say that my takeaway from Casey was that some abortion restrictions can pass constitutional muster, but the fundamental tenets of Roe, the viability point still left intact. Moving on, Justice Alito, before us now is one such state law, meaning something that then grew out of the attempt at restricting abortion. It's the state of Mississippi asks us to uphold the constitutionality of a law that generally prohibits an abortion after the 15th week of pregnancy, several weeks before the point at which a fetus is now regarded as viable outside the womb. Okay, and this remember now what I've been telling you, I don't think you can square Roe versus Wade with Mississippi at 15 weeks. Viability is 21, 22 weeks. It's not 15. We may never get to 15 despite medical advance. So you can't say, this is me speaking, not Alito. You can't say that Mississippi's law is constitutionally valid while leaving intact Roe versus Wade. It's one or the other. Is it 15 weeks or is it 21, 22 weeks? More from Justice Alito. This is, is, again, still in the introduction of this 89-page opinion. He, he gets now to the conclusion and then goes back and justifies it. That's the way these opinions work. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overturned. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely, the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment. That provision has been held to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution, but any such right must be, quote, deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition and implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. Wow. How subjective is that? So what he's saying is, all right, there are some things. This goes back to my conversation with Shemarinsky. Hey, where in the 14th Amendment do I see abortion? Shemarinsky says, well, where do you see same-sex marriage? You know, that, that's the way that, that uh, our system has developed. So 
what Justice Alito is saying is there are some unspecified things that we protect, some unspecified rights that we protect, but they've got to be deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition. Now, let me just cut to the chase and tell you he's about to explain how there's nothing deeply rooted in our history and tradition that would protect abortion. In fact, he says in the very next paragraph, the right to abortion does not fall within this category until the latter part of the 20th century. Such a right was entirely unknown in American law. Indeed, when the 14th Amendment was adopted, three quarters of the states made abortion a crime at all stages of pregnancy. And so he concludes, quote, it is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. There is then discussion of the factual background of this particular case, identifies the parties, summarizes what each of their thinking and legal arguments are. And then he says, we begin by considering the critical question whether the Constitution, properly understood, confers a right to obtain an abortion. You know what occurs to me? I should quickly read to you the 14th Amendment, Section 1. I hope your eyes are not glazing over. TC is my litmus test. TC, if I see you doze off, I'm jumping out of this segment. I'm wide awake. Section 1, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and to the state wherein they reside. That has no bearing on what we're discussing. This does. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. Now, pay attention. Nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Okay? That's what we're talking about with regard to the 14th Amendment. He says, Roe was remarkably loose in its treatment of the constitutional text. It held that the abortion right, which is not mentioned in the Constitution, is part of a right to privacy, which is also not mentioned. Again, just trying to pick out for you things that you need to know from the 89-page opinion of Justice Alito, the draft. Justice Alito then zeroes in on something that came out of the Casey opinion, which is what he calls the bold assertion that the abortion right is an aspect of the liberty protected by the due process clause. As I just read to you, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. That is a fundamental uh, predicate, basis, foundation for Roe and Casey. And now he addresses it. He says... There are rights guaranteed by the first eight amendments. Those amendments originally applied only to the federal government, but the Supreme Court has held that the Due Process Clause of the 14th incorporates the great majority of those rights. That's really not relevant, but I need to tell you that to set this up. The second category, which is the one in question here, comprises a select list of fundamental rights that are not mentioned anywhere in the Constitution. So now he's getting to the issue that I raised with Shemarinsky, which is like, where in the Constitution do I see abortion? Well, you don't. But, you know, there are a whole host of rights that we have been that we have recognized as as having been afforded that are similarly not mentioned in the Constitution. And now Alito is going to try and distinguish why they get to stay. But abortion does not. 
He says in deciding whether a right falls into either of these categories, the court has long asked whether the right is, quote, remember this, deeply rooted in our history and tradition and whether it is essential to our nation's scheme of ordered liberty. See, I think this now is the most important part of the decision. And, and I'm only like, my God, 13 pages in. Ah, um, what he's trying to do now is to say, hey, this only applies to abortion. And these other non-enumerated rights, they still get to stand. In fact, I hope I find it now. I, I, I found it last night. There's actually a paragraph where he says, this, this doesn't apply to any of those other things. He's trying to carve out an island for rights recognized that are not in the Constitution, but differentiate them from abortion. In other words, he's saying, well, abortion isn't referenced anywhere in the Constitution. It is without constitutional foundation. Therefore, it can't be supported. But those other things, they're still fine. With regard to abortion, he says, until the latter part of the 20th century, there was no support in American law for a constitutional right to obtain an abortion. Zero period, none, period. No state constitutional provision had recognized such a right until a few years before Roe was handed down. No federal or state government had recognized such a right, nor had any scholarly treatise of which we are aware. See what he's doing now? He's trying to convince that this is not a part of our tradition because not until, you know, 1970 were we even having this conversation. And then he says, quote, not only was there no support for such a constitutional right until shortly before Roe, but abortion had long been a crime in every single state. Or as Justice Alito then says, the inescapable conclusion is that a right to abortion is not deeply rooted in the nation's history and traditions. On the contrary, an unbroken tradition of prohibiting abortion on pain of criminal punishment persisted from the earliest days of the common law until 1973. He says the respondents and their amici, those friends of theirs, have no persuasive answer to this historical evidence. What's he saying? He's saying, There are things we recognize that are not in the Constitution, but they are part of our tradition. They are part of our nation's history and traditions, but abortion isn't one of them. And that's how he's seeking to distinguish other unenumerated rights from this issue. There is then very important discussion. It's hard for me to condense all 89 pages. I'm just trying to give you some of the the takeaways you might not have heard with superficial conversation last night on the cable outlets about this. What about stare decisis? What about the thing decided? What about super precedent? He goes on to say some of our most important constitutional decisions have been overruled in prior precedents. And he mentions three, not the least of which is Brown versus the Board of Education, where the court repudiated the separate but equal doctrine. So he addresses that in the decision as well, which I recommend everybody read if you're you're willing to invest the time. And in that vein, he says, row two was egregiously wrong and deeply damaging for reasons already explained, quote, Roe's constitutional analysis was far outside the bounds of any reasonable interpretation of the various constitutional provisions to which it vaguely pointed. Roe, he argues, was on a collision course with the Constitution from the day that it was decided, and Casey perpetuated these errors. 
and he continually comes back to the whole trimester viability argument, the one that I find so practical, but as I've said previously, so kind of lacking in constitutional foundation. Justice Alito says, quote, this elaborate scheme was the court's own brainchild. This is with regard to the Roe decision in 73. Neither party advocated the trimester framework, nor did either party or any amicus argue that viability should mark the point at which the scope of the abortion right and a state's regulatory authority should be substantially transformed. Not only did the scheme resemble the work of a legislature, but the court made little effort to explain how these rules could be deduced from any of the sources on which constitutional decisions are usually based. On this same issue, but further along in the opinion, Justice Alito says the viability line, which Casey termed Roe's central rule, makes no sense. And it is telling that other countries almost uniformly eschew such a line. The court thus asserted raw judicial power to impose, as a matter of constitutional law, a uniform viability rule that allowed the state less freedom to regulate abortion than the majority of Western democracies enjoy. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. NYBG's brand new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you. Guided by plant professionals, dig into botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Online learning your way. Register at NYBG.org. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Okay, wrap it up, Michael. Everybody's eyes are glazing. People are driving off the road from California to Maine. Here it is. He's saying you can't read abortion into the 14th Amendment. And that is causing lots of folks to get nervous 
because that 14th Amendment is the basis for a lot of other things that don't expressly appear in the Constitution. This is the subject that I addressed with Erwin Shemerinsky, the dean of Berkeley, the day after this was argued. He and I had this conversation. Listen to just 90 seconds of our exchange, and then I'll wrap it up. Professor Shemerinsky, I've often thought that Roe versus Wade was difficult to justify based on the 14th Amendment. And I don't want to get into the weeds for not the least of which reason is I will quickly lose you, meaning I won't be able to keep pace with you. But I've told my audience before that the Roe decision is one that I have difficulty justifying as an attorney. But practically speaking, intuitively speaking, it has always made great sense to me. And I'm making reference now to viability being a measuring stick for what's appropriate or permitted when. Is this the end of a viability analysis if we get rid of Roe? There is no doubt there are six votes now to eliminate viability is the line. And the question is, will the court uphold the Mississippi law and say nothing about laws that prohibit abortion earlier, like at the six week of pregnancy or at conception, or will the court simply overrule Roe and leave it to the states to do what they want. But I actually do think Roe is justifiable. And I think the reason is the Supreme Court long before Roe said that the word liberty in the due process clause protects fundamental rights of autonomy. It protects the right to marry, the right to procreate, the right of parents to custody their children, the right to keep the family together, the right of parents to control the upbringing of their children, the right to purchase and use contraceptives, the right of consenting adults to engage in private same-sex sexual activity, the right to refuse medical treatment. I don't know how the court can overrule Roe without putting all of those rights in jeopardy. Okay, and this, ladies and gentlemen, please just hang with me on it. This is the most important of all. So if the court goes this way, are all those other rights in jeopardy? I go back now to Justice Alito. I'm going to quote from page 5 and from page 32. Just two paragraphs and we're done. What does Alito say? Quote, the right to abortion does not fall within this category until the latter part. And again, what's the category? Deeply rooted in our history and traditions. The right to abortion does not fall within this category until the latter part of the 20th century. Such a right was entirely unknown in American law. Indeed, when the 14th Amendment was adopted, three quarters of the states made abortion a crime at all stages of pregnancy. The abortion right is also critically different from any other right that this court has held to fall within the 14th Amendment's protection of liberty. How come? Rose defenders characterize the abortion right as similar to the rights recognized in past decisions involving matters such as intimate sexual relations, contraception and marriage. But abortion, says Alito, is fundamentally different as both Roe and Casey acknowledge because it destroys what those decisions called fetal life and what the law now before us describes as an unborn human being. And finally, addressing the same issue of is everything now in jeopardy that is pegged to substantive due process of the 14th Amendment on page 32, Alito again tries to carve out an island and say, no, 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 I'm only talking, I'm only talking about Roe versus Wade here. Uh, I'm scrolling through this 89 page opinion. And finally, I'm back on page 32 
where I hope I'm going to find the paragraph that I want to read to you. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. What sharply distinguishes the abortion right from the rights recognized in the cases on which Roe and Casey rely is something that both these decisions acknowledged. Abortion destroys what those decisions called potential life and what the law at issue in this case regards as the life of an unborn human being. None of the other decisions cited by Roe and Casey involved the critical moral question posed by abortion. They are therefore in opposite. They do not support the right to obtain an abortion. And by the same token, and here's what I would highlight and underscore, our conclusion that the Constitution does not confer such a right does not undermine them in any way. Well, He can say so, but trust me, that is not going to stop someone litigating an issue like same-sex marriage and say, hey, look at the holding here of the Mississippi abortion case. Just because Alito says this doesn't apply to anybody else doesn't mean it's the case. Okay, that's it. I'm done. I've tried to educate on some of the substance of this decision. My premise is that it's a defensible opinion. Lawyers, justices, judges can differ about it. It's not heretical as a matter of law. I like, I'm going to say for the fourth time, I like the outcome of Roe versus Wade. Practically, it always made sense to me, viability. But Alito's right that Harry Blackham developed that concept out of whole cloth. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbird styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. NYBG's brand new online education program, Plant Studio, offers bite-sized courses tailor-made for you. Guided by plant professionals, dig into botany, floral design, landscape design, and more. Online learning your way. Register at NYBG.org.